Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and we are continuing our series on healing and hope throughout the month of January. And uh, today's topic or show title is the COVID comeback with my guest, Mr. Rodney Stepp. And before we get going, though, I would like to uh, share a little bit. Um, Rodney is a very good friend and he's a music producer and we'll get into the bio in just a second. But oftentimes uh, during the shows, I like to start off and I'm inspired to share a quote. And in this particular instance, I was definitely uh, inspired by Rodney's journey and uh, and I was led to a spirit led to a quote, but it actually is a song lyric. And before I, I, I launch into it, I must sort of give you a context. And that is, uh, I've been a musician forever and I know that Rodney can, can probably get with where I'm going with this. And, uh, there is a very distinct difference for me between a good love song and a great love song. And that difference is simply this. When it is a great love song, it transcends boy-girl. And in fact, the, the subject or object of the song itself, the, the, the object of the adoration that the song is expressing is God. And, and so that is this measurement for me forever. That when I hear a great love song, I can sing it to God and it expresses every bit the meaning. So having set that context for you, I want to share with you this uh, quote, which is actually a song lyric. And the song is entitled, How Do You Keep the Music Playing? Mm -hmm. The song was written by Michelle Legrand, Alan Bergman, and Marilyn Bergman. And the lyrics are as follows. How do you keep the music playing? How do you make it last? How do you keep the song from fading too fast? How do you lose yourself to someone and never lose your way? How do you not run out of new things to say? And since you know we're always changing, how can it be the same? And tell me how year after year, you're sure your heart will, won't fall apart each time you hear his name. I know the way I feel for you is now or never. The more I love, the more that I'm afraid. 
that in your eyes I may not see forever. Forever. If we can be the best of lovers, yet be the best of friends, if we can try with every day to make it better as it grows, with any luck, then I suppose the music never ends. I share that, read that sentiment with my dear friend Rodney Stepp. And we're grateful that the music has not ended. He has had a tremendous uh, journey here recently. I want to go into his bio real quick so we can set a context so you can get to know my friend Rodney Stepp. Rodney Stepp is an American keyboardist, songwriter, producer, and entrepreneur. As a jazz, R&B, and soul performer, Rodney's musical career has spanned more than 50 years and five continents. Performing alongside Michael Jackson, Babyface, The Spinners, Wayman Tisdale, Mary Wilson, and many, many other notable artists. Affectionately known as The Doctor, Rodney's musical finesse has gained this multi-talented artist awards and accolades throughout the year. So our topic today is COVID is real, y'all. <laughs> Music producer Rodney Stepp is living proof and gives powerful testimony to the validity of COVID. Narrowly escaping with his life, Rodney walks us through his experience with COVID-19 and shares his comeback as he continues to manage the lingering health challenges in his new post-COVID life. Please help me welcome my good friend, Rodney Stepp. Welcome, brother. Phil, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, I think the best place to start this story is at the beginning. And the way I would like to do that is to perhaps start the day before. Go back to the day before you noticed or detected symptoms and not feeling well? Well, I actually started not feeling well on a Wednesday while I was at work at IU Health. Um, my boss kind of, we were talking and I let her know that I didn't, all of a sudden I was losing my taste and nothing tastes well. And so I went home um, that Saturday, by that Saturday, uh, Stacy McCracken and I had a funeral to do for a friend of mine's mother in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. I really wasn't okay. feeling well, but you know, when it's a situation like that, man, I, I'd already committed and I was not going to tell my friend I can't do it. It's mother's funeral, you know. I understand. Struggling, I went ahead. We drove to um, Louisville. I even called my doctor while I was on my way to Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, and my doctor tried to get me to turn around, come back and go straight to the emergency room when I was describing my symptoms. Uh -huh. Short, long story short, I just went ahead, drove on, got there, did the funeral, was feeling miserable. Um, we drove back, I dropped Stacy off at home, I came home, uh, my wife told me that I get, got home that evening, went straight to bed uh, that Sunday, 
I slept all through the night. That Sunday, I did, was kind of non-responding. Didn't want to um, really talk to anyone or anything or didn't feel like eating, didn't feel like anything. Right. So finally, right. on Monday morning, she um, was very forceful with me and said, if, basically, if you don't uh, let me take you to the emergency, she called all my, all you guys, you know, because <laughs> I mean, get me up and beat me up, you know. And, uh, but I got up and uh, we went to emergency that Monday. And uh, that's, that's how it all began. What was, what was the, the date? Uh, what was the date when that uh, happened? This March, March 23rd. I went, went to uh, IU Health North uh, emergency on March 23rd, oh, the wow. morning of March 23rd. Okay, so now uh, March 23rd, my goodness, man. Um, I mean, that was in the early, I mean, you were in the early wave of COVID. Yes. We were still very uneducated uh, about uh, about this and unaware of maybe even all yeah. what the symptoms were at that particular point, you know, that was pretty early in the mix. So I am. Um, so where do we go from here? So now you are admitted to the hospital. You're at, you're in the, the, the 22nd or so of March. Walk us through the next step and how this thing progressed with you. I, and this is a very important, I, I'm so grateful that you're here. I just want to say, because for all of those folk who have uh, sort of trivialized the seriousness of COVID-19 or are disbelievers in that, uh, that is why you are here, Rodney. It is so important that we get a handle on this thing and that we are taking it seriously. And so I'm grateful for you to be, share your heart with us and, and, and walk us through this. So, so what happens next? Now you're at the hospital. I'm at the hospital at that time, you know, like I said, like you said, we're unaware about COVID and everything else. Right. And um, the, my wife and I walk in, they immediately tell her she cannot come in. Um, I mean, which was devastating for her, you know, um, she went out in the parking lot, got back in the car, waited a couple of hours to hear results. I went back to emergency. Um, they told me when I got back there, they said, um, we're gonna check you for COVID, but if you don't have COVID, um, we'll be just be sending you home. They came back a couple hours later, told me that I had COVID and they were admitting me. At this time, my fever, I mean, I'm running a fever of about 104, 105. Wow. I'm, really getting kind of delirious, a little sick, um, not knowing who I am, where I am. I mean, it's, that began to start happening, you know. Right, right. Um, finally, it took them about six hours before um, they could get me a room. They finally got me a room, I, um, which is about the last thing I remember actually actually remember that Monday, um, got me to a room and by that Thursday, I was in ICU. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the journey really began. 
um, when, when I got to ICU that Thursday. Uh, I don't remember much. There's a three-week period in my life that I don't remember anything at all. Um, but th that Tuesday and Wednesday, I have vague little memories about when people and the nurses were talking to me about different situations once I woke back up, you know, which we'll get to that. But um, I, I, I guess I was just, I was just sleep. I was just, that's all I wanted to do. Burning up with fever. Um, it just got worse, worse, worse. And like I said, then by that Thursday, I was in the ICU. Wow, man. That's t it's tough. It's tough. I, I just had, um, I just as a sidebar, just the first part of this week had to um, secure a new primary care doctor. Uh, my doctor retired at the end of 2020 in December. And uh, so I'd met with this gentleman for the first time and uh, come to find out he had about a COVID in March. And he just got back um, into his practice and he's, he said he's about 40% and he's just in his back in his practice uh, starting in September. So um, these are the first uh, <coughs> stories that I have had personally to speak with someone who has uh, gone through the COVID thing. So uh, I think that my dialogue and meeting my new primary care doctor, I'm pleased to say, uh, that was a primer for this conversation because uh, uh, some of these circumstances are somewhat unimaginable. Unimaginable. Uh, they are. experience sort of the bottom falling out of your reality, you know, and then, you know, sort of that free fall and not really knowing um what's going to happen here. And um, so it is, once again, let me just reiterate, it's a blessing having you here. It's a blessing being able to have this conversation. And. Uh, oh, definitely. And, and I, I think, I thank you for, you know, having me on because I've been sharing the story because there's so many non-believers for one. Yeah. Um, you know, as I watch people, um, I still don't go really anywhere. I am back at work, but I go to work and I come home. I'm right. basically still in a self-quarantine. I, I still am having issues. Um, so I know what your doctor is talking about because um, I still don't have my taste back. My taste is about 50%. Uh, my smell is about 50%. Um, I just read, you know, um, I, I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, a little vain here, but uh, I, I didn't mind taking off my mask. I was going to wear my mask through this interview because as last Friday, I had a situation where I had to have my lower two bottom teeth removed. And it's not because of dental issues. It was because of COVID. <laughs> right, right. And I want to I want to touch upon that because uh, these are these are obviously things that that are still still. Uh, uh, looming. So, uh, but I want to take a break right now, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. This is a uh, this is special show for me because I get to share this space and this dialogue with my good friend Rodney Step, and uh, 
And so uh, I thank you all for tuning in. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are continuing our series on healing and hope in the month of January. And we are uh, doing the COVID comeback. That is the topic of today's show. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are continuing our series on healing and hope the month of January. And today's topic is the COVID comeback with my good friend, Rodney Stepp. And uh, Rodney, you had just taken us to uh, you being admitted into ICU. And um, and I just want you to sort of walk us through the progression of your condition, the progression of the circumstances during that time that you were in the ICU. And if you could sort of give us information on that. And I do realize that probably much of that time you may or may not uh, uh, know it yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, be conscious of all that was going on, but I'm sure that you've, you've been told uh, at this point, you know, how that went. So. Yes, I've been told by several doctors, nurses, staff, you know, um, which became my family. Um, you know, they they have nicknamed me the miracle patient of IU Health North. 
And with just cause, because the stories I've heard, um, it, it is unbelievable. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> I know there is a God, okay? Um, yeah. Because God is definitely real. Um, I'm in, my fever is going up, 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 up. I'm basically not responding. They get me an ICU. I've got... Then the decision came, the vent. Um, they, they put me under the ventilator, on the ventilator. I had tubes, this and that I've seen. I finally have seen the pictures. My wife didn't want me to see them. Uh, but when I did a couple of interviews, those pictures leaked out. <laughs> and so, um, but uh, so now they've let me see some of the pictures that they were taking and everything else. But. Uh, I'm in ICU. I'm burning up with fever. I'm not responding to anything. I've got a tube running in my nose all the way down to my esophagus to feed me, to keep me somewhat alive. IVs, this and that. Um, but the sad part was the ventilator had gotten to a point after, you know, I was on the ventilator for 14 days. Okay. Um, on April the 5th, which was April the 6th, maybe, um, which was a Sunday, I believe, uh, they were not expecting me to make it, Bill. The, the ventilator got down. I mean, I was only breathing about, I got down into about 25% of breathing on my own and it was continuously going down. At 10 o'clock that Sunday night, one of the doctors started calling people because they knew me personally, a lot of them at the hospital and said, I don't know what you guys believe in, but you, whatever it is, you better do something because we're losing it. Um, my wife, everyone, they started just texting everyone they could get. They got a hold of Stacy McCracken. Stacy, and that's six, 6 p.m., I understand, that Monday, they had a prayer vigil at the hospital I, it was overwhelming, uh, you know, when I found out about this, but it's still overwhelming for me, man. But the outpouring of love uh, to actually see the videos, a police escort, escorting the cars in because there were so many cars that came out there. They said there was over 200 cars uh, full of people bringing signs, cards, putting them in the garden. Um, they, they came out, they did the prayer vigils, singing, praying, crying, everything, you know. Um, and I was actually, I've actually talked to the Pat chaplain who actually read my rights to me twice while I was in the hospital. Um, that night, they didn't think I was gonna make it till morning. That evening, they had the prayer vigil. About three days later, I started showing some uh, activity. Yeah. And uh, 
Uh, what is really tough, no, I, I know this ain't nothing but God, okay? Um, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. I believe the date was April 13th. I woke up. Wow. Easter Sunday. Uh, a week, almost seven days from the night of the prayer vigil, I came, I started coming to. Um, and that, 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 you know, I don't know this. I, I've been told the story. I've seen the, the story, so to speak, you know, uh, in a couple of documentaries already. And, um, uh, man, it was, it was rough. It was rough. And it was rough for me to absorb all of this. Uh, it was about a week after I was, um, so about a week after I was was somewhat coherent, and and one of the doctors, Doctor Biggerstaff, came in and he, we had a little nice little talk, and he started telling me about the prayer vigil and this and that, and he said, well, it's all over YouTube and the hospital network and this and that. Would you like to see it? I said no. You know, I, I heard I heard enough. That I didn't want to see it, and 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 just imagine you going into a hospital. The day that you went in, the world was normal. Mm. The world, to me, the world was normal. The day I went in. By the time I woke up, everything and everyone in this entire nation had changed, and I'm receiving this. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't just comprehend it. I just yeah, couldn't get it all in. That's, that's a lot to process. It was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. Yes, it was, it was a, it was a lot. Wow. So, I mean, you know, so we go through um, me waking up and then, oh, then the next series, the next battle began because in my mind, I wanted to go home. Um, I was in no shape, my brother, none. And I started finding that out very quickly, you know, because, oh man, they still had me strapped down and this and that because they said I was trying to pull the tubes out and, you know, and all of this. And um, then I guess I got a little belligerent maybe, you know, cause I wanted to go home, you know, I'm like, why am I here? You know, this and that. The first day that the young lady came in, and I still remember her name, but I won't mention her name, but she came in to give me therapy. And she said, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to try to get you up. And I'm like, shoot, let's go, you know. Right. That's what my mind was saying. I still had realized, I hadn't looked at my body Bill, you know, I, was a, I, I had gained a little weight. I, I was, when I went in the hospital, I was 245 pounds. When I woke up out of the coma, I was 195 pounds. Man, how, how long were you, how long, I just want to backtrack just for a second so we okay. get a full picture. How long were you unconscious? 14 days. 
Okay. Okay. 14 days. Wow. Yeah. 14 okay. days. Man. And uh, so now they <laughs> get you up and you saying, oh, I'm bad. Yeah, let me up. I, I can do get this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show y'all, you know, you're going to let me go home. Right. You don't know. Man. With, right, <laughs> they put um, you know how they take those back those braces and put around you when they're getting ready to stand you up. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not. I haven't looked at my body yet. I've been sleep. I've been, you know, right. my legs were about this big, <laughs> you know. And um, I went to stand up. Man, if that young lady hadn't have had me with that belt. I'd have fell straight to the floor. I had no strength in my legs. I had, I couldn't, I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And I was barely talking. I, I, that's another part of the story. I was, okay. I was barely talking. Um, um, one, that was one of the things they were concerned about when I was in C ICU, when I was under, um, they were doing a procedure where they would let, from what I understand, where they would let the medicine, they would slow it down every hour. I mean, not every hour, one, uh, one hour a day. Okay. And then try to talk to me, to trying to keep me from, me from going brain dead. Okay. Um, and um, to, to, to ask me questions, to, to see if I would respond or, you know, squeeze their hand or this and that. But I wasn't really even talking. Uh, I wasn't talking when I got out of ICU. But when I started, like I said, started the ther therapy part, um, man, I had nothing. I could not hold a fork. I could not put something up to my mouth. My, I'm not exaggerating. My hands would shake like this when I would try to find my mouth. My motor skills were gone. They were shot. Um, couldn't, couldn't feed myself, couldn't. Uh, one of the doctors who's a good friend of mine she teased me because she said I kept asking for a popsicle. So they finally found me some popsicles and they brought them to me. And almost anything I asked for, they brought it. Believe you me, man, they were so nice. The, the, those caregivers, oh man, I can't say enough about them. But they brought me this popsicle and she said, she said, Rodney, I tried not to laugh. She said, but you took that popsicle and trying to see you get it to your mouth. She said, it was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. She said, that popsicle was all over you. She said, your hand, you were like chasing the popsicle. <laughs> and, you know, like she said, she said, I didn't want to laugh, but she said it was it was funny, you know, right, sure. in, in, a, in a different type of way. Sure. And, uh, but... Oh man, I mean, um, ice, uh, I don't know, ice and water became my best friends um, during that period. It seems like I, I've never eaten ice, you know, I know you, I know people that do chew ice and this and that, never. Yeah. It's changed, man, I started chewing ice, doing this and doing that. And yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. Wow. 
Man, that's that's something. That's something. I am. Um, we're we're going to take a quick break, Rodney, and uh, and I think we'll we'll need just a break right now, and we will be right back in just a few moments. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires in our seventh of January of Healing and Hope, and we are uh, doing the COVID comeback today with my good friend Rodney Step. We'll be right back in just one moment. Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and today we're doing the COVID comeback as part of a cha-cha-cha. And, and I, I can't take credit for that, man. I don't know who wrote uh, that piece or something that I came across, so I, I don't want to claim that creativity. Somebody came up with it, and I, I thought it was appropriate because it kind of had a little cha-cha to it. And I said, okay, well, we'll do music, musicians, we can, we can do this. Um, so... Rodney, you are now, they are trying to work with you. They're trying to get you up and walk. They're trying to make sure that you're, they can get your, your, your body to work and cooperate with you. Walk us through it, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh man. They, so I go, I start with the, um, the little handballs. Um, they, they've gotten me doing that, uh, rehab three times a day. Um, as much as I could possibly take, you know, so like to get the motor skills back, I'm doing the little ball, the little squeeze things. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to write, uh, I, you know, walking was not going to be it, but they would get me up and I would make it about mm, three feet from my bed to the recliner and get me in the recliner. Then they would start trying to have me do things like toe lifts, legs lifts, this and that. So again, trying to get my strength back, um, which I'm still getting back. It's, uh, it's it's the game. That part of the game is not over either. Um, what percentage are you at, Rodney? We, we go, 
what percentage are you? Right now, I would say roughly, oh man, I, I'd, I'd still have to say about 60% maybe. Wow. And, and, and that's because of my mind. My mind probably is saying, oh, my body's probably saying, no, dude, you're about 35%. But <laughs> my mind is telling me I'm about 60%. Okay. Um, and I want to believe my mind. <laughs> and a little alter ego over here, you know, whispered to me. Um, you know, there there's so many variables with this COVID thing. Again, um, the the there's so many variables because you mentioned earlier, I was in the first phase. There was not a lot known at that time, so everything was still experimental. To be truthful, I don't know if they know too much more, you know, now than they did then. I mean, yes, they know more about it, but treatment-wise and everything, it's not like um, getting a cold and getting a Z-pack or this and that or whatever. I mean, and unfortunately, what a lot of the viewers don't know, during the time when I was in ICU, I lost organ functions. My body was breaking down at the same time. I asked my nephrologist just a few weeks ago, I said, so, because I had the same nephrologist I had when I was in the hospital. And I asked her, I said, so when did you know my kidneys were shutting down? And she said, the day you went to ICU. So they had me on dialysis a 24 hour, it's a different type of dialysis when you're when you're in a coma like that. But um, they had me in dialysis the minute that I went to ICU. And that was another scary part for me because when I'm out and I finally, I went from when I got out of ICU after the two and a half weeks there, went to PCU, patient care unit. I was there for a few days and then they determined, well, we think he's well enough to go to a regular room. So they put me in a regular private room. And um, <laughs> I get I get to the, I get in the, you know, into that situation. And one morning, about six o'clock in the morning, young lady comes in and she's pushing this big old machine in my room. And she's all jolly and Hi, Mr. Step. I'm so and so, you know, and uh, I take care of you with your dialysis. I'm like, what are you talking about, dialysis? You know, <laughs> what, what, what are you, what, <laughs> you know? Um, and she brings in all this stuff, and then that's what I noticed. That was the first time I even noticed I had this catheter in my neck. It was in my neck area right up in here, which you can still see scars from this catheter. Um, but here, it was there and, uh, at that time. And <laughs> she hooks me up and I've got to do this dialysis for four hours. And it was uh, three times a week. You know, four hours, three times a week doing hemodialysis. So after a week of that, then the doctor said, we've got to get this catheter out of your neck. 
because we had that in for this other type of dialysis because we were trying to save your life. We've got to put a catheter in your chest. I'm like, okay. So they wheel me down to the place, get me on the gurney, numb me up, boom, pop me a, a, a catheter in my chest and boom, wheel me back to the room. I did dialysis three times a week from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. at a dialysis center from when I got out, when I finally got out of rehab. I had dialysis all three times a week while I was in the hospital and while I was in rehab as well, which we'll talk about that transition. But um, three times a week, four hours at a time, which takes about six hours of your day, you know, um, got to get up, got to get there, got to do four hours, then you got to come home and it would wipe me out. And I did that from May, uh, the end of May to August. And then at the end of August is when I got trained to do peritoneal dialysis which I could do at home and do myself. And I've been doing peritoneal since August 31st to be exact. Now, what is, um, what is, what is that, uh, that process and, and what is the amount of time? I mean, that now, now you're at home, but you know, I just think it's important for people to know, you know, that, uh, that, that little life altering situation and, and how much of your life is now, committed to in order to stay to stay alive you know you, you have uh this commitment to dialysis is it daily is it um what is the routine at home the home routine is daily um and it's and it's split now into two different functions which we'll go through i'm gonna back up just a hair okay because just before after um when i started getting to a certain point, the doctors determined at IU Health North, they were like, we can't do enough for you. We need to get you to a reha rehabilitation facility. Okay. And we want to get you to one of the best ones in the city. All and right. so they sent me to Community North Health uh, Rehab. They were wonderful too. Uh, Dad Seabrook, who's a uh, I think I can say Annette's name because she is the CEO of, of the facility. Yeah, sure. And she became a, a, a wonderful friend and person. And there's some things that, uh, <clears throat> you know, because of the musicianship, I'll make sure, make sure you ask me about that, about my stay there, because um, that's when I found out I couldn't play. And so, you know, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Well, we are we're we are marching right on through this story, and so when we're gonna we're gonna line up for a, a break here in just a second, but um, but we've got probably about ten more minutes, so I just want to make sure that we complete this picture. So okay. I want to give give that that little timetable to you because I want to make sure that we do this justice and we round out this picture, and then of course talking about so we we know that dialysis apart, and then you had made mention of the uh, the uh, uh, dental issue as that relates, but I, I want to make sure 
that we're able to to cover these types of things. And so we're going to take a break right now. And I've got to fix my camera, I guess. So you're <laughs> I just disappeared. Uh, you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we're continuing our series on healing and hope the month of January. And we're doing the COVID comeback with my good friend Rodney Stepp, who is taking us through his journey with COVID-19. And uh, so, Rodney, like I said, I, I, I just want to make sure that you have an idea um, uh, about the timing, because I, I don't want to squeeze you. But if you can sort of compress just a little bit, because I want to make sure that um, well, I'm going to take this moment right now to say something before we started the show. Rodney had made reference uh, to it as well. Before we started the show, he was masked up. And he then he then uh, said, uh, you know, uh, we asked whether he was going to wear the mask throughout the show. And then he mentioned that he had just had this dental work done. And I just want to um, say that, you know, we, we said, hey, lose that, lose that mask, because I think that it's important. This is not a vanity issue. This is life altering stuff. And as as you told me when we spoke, uh, you know, just prior to um, sort of prepping our conversation for the show, and you had mentioned that um, you were in and out of these this the, the the dentist office, man, dealing. And I mean, that stuff is not to be taken lightly. It's not a vanity thing. This is like you are experiencing, you know, the, the aftermath um, and still struggling with health concerns, even though you're sitting there. And obviously, you 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 know, you're able to probably stand and walk a little bit, and you say you're at, you know, uh, what'd you say, fifty uh, percent uh, or or something like that. And it's like, I think that it's important that people can see the truth. And so I'm 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 a big fan of put it out there. And that's why even in the the show when I was talking about the COVID comeback, and it was like the real deal. 
about COVID. What's the real deal? So I'm not interested in prettified story because that would not be truthful to to the seriousness. And uh, so I I want to commend you and thank you for for taking that mask down and allowing yourself to be no seen, man. You know what I mean? Because I think that that is that is so important that people understand what this thing is, man, and 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 don't play around with it because apparently we're still at a stage where the numbers continue to go up. They're continuing to go up, you know, and we still got people that don't want to wear a mask. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is serious business. We need to do everything that we can. If not for yourself, for someone else, please, please, sure. you know, take care of yourself and take care of each other. So anyway, I just needed to say that, man, my heart is, uh, is full when it comes to that because it's it's not to be taken seriously, man. It's a matter of life and death at this point. And so, um, sure. so, anyway, so, so walk us through, man. I, I'm sorry I chewed up some time there, but I, I needed to get on oh, my no. for just a second. <laughs> you know, uh, hey, this is the Bill Myers show. <laughs> but no, uh, Bill, and I, I'll, I'll take you through this real quickly. Going back to Community Heart, uh, Health North Hospital, um, like I said, Ann Seabrook, she brought me a keyboard, a Yamaha keyboard, and my eyes lit up, you know, and I'm still trying to learn how to walk again at this point. I'm learning how to walk, how to talk, believe it or not, how to swallow. Te- they have had to teach me how to swallow again. Mm. Um, those type of things. Um, and she brought this keyboard in. Couple of, I waited a couple of days. I hooked it up one day. Kept saying, we want a concert. You know, I said, okay, well, give me a chance to practice. The first day that I went to, I plugged up that keyboard. Bill, I could not play at all. My hands, I tried to, I started off, I tried to play Journey. <laughs> uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey, the piano intro. My hands, my mind, no, they didn't work scared me to death. I turned it off. I put it in the corner. I never touched it again the whole time I was there. I came home. It was two weeks when I was home before I even touched the keyboard. And so, you know, uh, my motor skills at that time were totally shot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. If you could have seen me walking, trying to walk and everything, uh, during the rehab, it was it was sad. It was really sad. But anyway, we get into the parenteal the, the dialysis. Um, you were asking about the length. The home method started manually. Okay. And I had to do four bags or four exchanges, as they call it, a day, uh-huh. four hours a day. Then I could sleep at night. But I would do an exchange and I would have to keep the 2.5 liters of dextrose in my system for four hours. Okay. Then I would drain and then we would do that four times a day. So, I mean, that was, that's, you know, four times a day, every four hours I'm doing dialysis. Okay. Now, finally I graduated to what they call the cycler. Okay. Okay. So 
so yes, I, I graduate to the to the to, yeah. to the cycler. Uh-huh. And um, the uh, and it's now every night for nine hours, but it's daily. Two weeks ago, I got a call from my doctor saying my numbers were looking really good. So she wanted to try to take me off a of dialysis. I was off for two weeks. This past weekend, I had a very bad bout with fluid, fluid backing up, and I was having a hard time breathing. Wow. And um, so the um, nice to say, Rodney, I, I, I just need to because because I'm looking at our clock here and we, we are uh, sort of running out of time. And I, I don't want to cut you off and, and, and because this is very important stuff. But suffice to say, where we are today is we are still in the process of trying to get back. Yeah. We're still doing the comeback. We are still in that process yeah. very much. We're not close yet. We still got some struggles. No. And, and I think that that's important for people to know. So this, this narrative goes back to the, you know, what middle end of March up to the present day in the next year, y'all. So please, please do yourself a favor and take it seriously and heed the warning and listen to these stories, uh, these powerful stories and testimonies of people like Rodney and, and others. It is very, very real. And uh, Rodney, I, again, I, I, I didn't mean to sort of do a, a roundhouse right there, but I kind of have to because I've, I've smashed up against this clock before. And as it turns out, I'm <laughs> losing my video again. Hold on. <laughs> so maybe this will, will uh, this, this, this video will come back just enough for me to be able to sign off properly. Or maybe not. Um, so, Rodney, I just want to thank you uh, for being here on the show today. Uh, you offer very powerful uh, testimony and, and bring great truth to this, this COVID story. And I think that it is a blessing to be able to, to share this moment with you. And uh, I'm grateful for your friendship. And I'm grateful that you're around, man. And God bless you. And I'll continue to pray Thank for your you. continued uh, recovery. And so, folks, that is it for today. Mm -hmm. My video has gone out. Uh, it, it said yeah. enough for you, Bill. And so I am uh, grateful, and I thank you all for tuning in to Bill Myers Inspires. And I uh, hope that you'll stick with us as we finish our series of Healing Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a, have a 